Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we're broadcasting from the top of the Habern Building in Louisville, Kentucky. This is On the Edge, uh, broadcasting on 106.5 FM. You can find out a little bit more about our station if you go to forwardradio.org. We're live streaming now, and that means you can listen to us uh, 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 anywhere in the city. Uh, anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. Folks, uh, we're blessed and favored to have LaGlenda Reed here with us today of Self-Esteem, Inc. Welcome to our show, LaGlenda. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to talk about some interesting things, but before we get to the body of our show, I want to recognize the passing of Nan Goheen. Nan Goheen, age 74, of Prospect, Kentucky, passed away on Wednesday, May 5th, 2021, after a long battle with congestive heart failure. Nan was preceded in death by her husband, George, her mother, Virginia, and her father, Francis. She is survived by her daughter, Robin, son-in-law, Robert, and grandchildren, Ella and Violet. Nan was born on July 11, 1946, in Paducah, Kentucky. She graduated from Paducah Tillman High School. Following high school, she attended Tulane University, where she studied psychology and graduated with honors. Nan continued her studies at the University of Colorado Boulder and New Mexico Highland University, where she obtained her master's in clinical psychology. She loved her chosen career of psychology and dedicated her life to helping others in private practice. In addition, in 1996, Nan obtained a master's in fine arts and creative writing from the Vermont College of Fine Arts, and writing became her second passion. Above all, Nan was a loving mother to her only child and devoted grandmother to her two granddaughters. She loved to dance, laugh, and be outside. She was passionate about politics and the environment. She never gave up on herself or those she cared about. Nan was also a member of Kentuckians for the Commonwealth. Uh, She was an alternate to the steering committee, which is... uh, the same as the Board of Directors, and she was on the Economic Justice Committee of Kentuckians for the Commonwealth as well. So, uh, folks, again, we want to uh, welcome LaGlenda Reed to our show. Welcome, LaGlenda. Thank you. So, LaGlenda, tell us about some of the things you've got going on. Well, as you all know, previously I came on the show and talked about my self-esteem program. And um, I'm the founder of Self-Esteem Incorporated. We specialize in self-esteem training for adult women and children. Primarily, we work with families. We are at our new location. We're at 2500 Montgomery Street in the old Dollfinger Building in Portland neighborhood that is in the Portland neighborhood. Um, We have a lot going on in the Dollfinger. We have Red Line Productions. We have James Linton. He has his radio show in there. And we have two other black artists that have just moved in to our building. And um, I'm there. So on Tuesdays and Thursdays, between the hours of 2 and 6, I'm there with about 17 children and three mothers. Three of the components that my program covers would be to improve academic performance, build a child's self-esteem, and cultivate the parent-child relationship. There is a need for self-esteem training, and there is a need for financial literacy training with the family as a whole. Primarily, 
my students range from the ages of seven on up to 18. Right now we have children as young as five. And this is a this is good news. Um, we have a five-year-old that, ac- that is actually sewing on a sewing machine. So um, what we do with the after-school program at my studio is we, we teach them about self-esteem. We teach them about financial literacy, meaning a lot of people don't know how to manage money because they think they don't have enough to manage, and that's not true. I think we do have money. We just It's just what we do with our money and how we spend our money. So um, we do a program called the Reality Store where these kids take a tour from booth to booth and they find out the facts of life and how important it is to have car insurance, life insurance, a college fund. What, what is it going to be like when you graduate from college and you get your first job? Are you going to rent or are you going to buy a house? How are you going to be able to sustain your finances so you can enjoy the luxuries later? We teach that. And the beautiful part about the program is the parents are totally involved. And um, we are in need now of funding. That leads to my next topic. We're planning the Marcus Garvey Day Festival and Black Market to be held on Saturday, August the 14th, 2021. That's this year. And we have two heavy hitters coming. We have Dr. Umar Johnson, who is a child, black child psychologist and author, and he's also the president of the FMDG Academy. That's the Marcus Garvey Frederick Douglass Academy, and he's a lecturer and author. He's wrote two or three books, um, The Black Holocaust, and now he has the one for parenting, and um We have Dr. Ricky Jones that everybody is familiar with. He's the uh, department chair for the Pan-African Studies Department out at the University of Louisville, and he's also a professor. These two beautiful people have committed to helping us raise money to keep our program ongoing. Again, we have a waiting list of 52 children, and we're only able to service 17 right now. We need the community's help. The Marcus Garvey Day Festival will be held at the African American Heritage Center on that Saturday, August the 14th, between the hours of 11 to 5, you will be able to come out and enjoy family fun activities, food, entertainment, and most of all, this will be an educational event. The entertainment and food booths will be outside, but inside the African American Heritage Center, we plan to line the stage, outside the stage, perimeters, with informational booths. We have several colleges that have committed to helping us. We have Dr. Reverend Kevin Cosby, We have Reverend uh, Charles Elliott of King Solomon Baptist Church. We have um, Tamika Palmer, who is the mother to Breonna Taylor. Um, We got Ann Wagner, Maddie Jones. Um, A big, big part of the community that I'm very proud of has stepped up to the plate to help us make this happen. We are also... um, partnering up with the Kentucky Alliance as well. And we appreciate K.A. Owens having us on the show just to get the word out. So let's talk about Marcus Garvey himself. Um, He's one of my favorite, favorite 
black his- history leaders besides, of course, Malcolm X and Frederick Douglass. They, those three can do no wrong. Um, Marcus Garvey was born August the 17th in 1887 in St. Anne's Bay, Jamaica. He died June the 10th in 1940 in London, England. Now, we're having the celebration on the 14th because it's a Saturday. But Marcus Garvey was actually born on the 17th, but that's a Tuesday. Marcus Garvey was known as the first important American black nationalist movement, and he was based in Harlem. There's a lot of interesting facts about this guy, but I want you all to come out to the festival and hear Dr. Ubar Johnson talk about this amazing man. Um, what else can I say? Do you have anything to add, Mr. Owens? Do you feel like uh, young people today are aware of uh, Marcus Garvey? Not at all. You'd be surprised how many people don't know about this man and that he was the father, actually the first father of the movement, um, in my eyes, besides the people that were before him that were enslaved. Um, what's important is I sat down with my kids at the school and we watched, a, it was a 45-minute YouTube video, and they were really engaged, and they actually got out pens and paper and took notes because they had no idea that this man even existed. And these are elementary children. And that brings us back to another point. That's why it's so important for us to teach our kids black history beyond the obvious leaders. We know about Martin Luther King. We, um, we know about Malcolm X. Um, we know about, you know, all the, the fellow... Um, civil rights leaders from the 60s and the 50s and the 40s we know about, but there's so much more history out there and so many more people that we need to teach our kids about, including Marcus Garvey. Well, Marcus Garvey had not hundreds, but thousands of followers back in his era. So uh, very, very well known. It's just interesting how, uh, if we're not careful, uh, uh, certain people and certain things that happen can be erased from history. I mean, Juneteenth, of course, is making a comeback. And once upon a time, they had, uh, you know, in the late part of the 19th century and the early part of the 20th, they had many, many Juneteenth celebrations in Kentucky, but people kind of forgot about it. And so uh, it's, all, it's very important for people to spend the effort because we learn from history because uh, young people sometimes think that... Uh, uh, you know, nothing ever happened uh, before, you know, name a person. But uh, quite a bit did happen before, uh, 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 say, uh, you know, Dr. King and, uh, and, uh, uh, and Malcolm. Uh, quite a bit did happen. Yes, indeed, it did. And, and, that, and that's, why, that's why this festival is, is so important, because we plan to have all the children up front, any child that's present on the premises, we're going to put them up front. We want all the children up front. Again, we've gotten support from several colleges. we got Simmons College, University of Louisville College, Kentucky State University called us yesterday. They're on board. Um, we have, um, what's on the tip of my tongue, Spalding. 
um, we just sent out a blast to all the universities and told them to send us their students, preferably the freshmen. We, we want the young people to come out and we want to fill the audience with students. This is a primarily educational event for young people. Now, all you old timers who teach us black history, you want, we still want you to attend, but we want you to be in the back row so we can put the youth in the front rows. Um, uh, some of the things that we will have going on, we'll have food vendors. Um, who we got? We got the seafood lady. Um, oh, wow. Just M&M barbecue. We got fun activities for the children. We'll have a stage. Anyone that wants to perform can just walk on stage, get in line and perform. We have DJ services there. There'll be a plethora of food and and surely enough information for you all to fill up a bag and take home with you because we plan for this to be an annual event leading up to the Marcus Garvey Day Parade. Now, you know that he had over 3,000 people in the parade. So we want to resurrect that and bring that back as an annual event to help Self-Esteem, Inc. stay in business. We love what we do. Primarily, we service the Jefferson County public school system. I normally service 14 schools for Jefferson County. I go every day, me and three other instructors, and we teach an after-school program. That is the self-esteem program. Again, it does three things. Cultivates the parent-child relationship. Builds the child's self-esteem and improves academic performance a letter grade. But we cannot continue our services without the community's help. So any of you out there in Radio Land that can help us out, please go to our website, selfesteeminc.org, and place your donation or self-esteem inc go fund me. Again, we need to raise money to keep our center open. It's very, very challenging. We're in challenging times right now because school was out. We did not receive any, we did not receive any um, offers for us to come out and service the children. But now that it's the summer, it's exciting because the kids just showed up at my doorstep and we're, we're doing sewing classes. We're doing self-esteem classes. We're doing financial literacy classes. We're doing group mentoring. And we're, we're also doing workshops where they're actually being educated about their black history. Well, uh, that's so important uh, for young people today. Uh, a lot of young people get their... Uh, well, uh, if the parents don't su- subscribe to the newspaper, a lot of times young people don't watch the evening news and uh, so they get their what information they get, they get it from social media. And some of it's good and some of it's not so good. And a lot of it's just very, very brief. Uh, so, uh, so um, and I also believe what you're doing is motivating the young people. And once they get motivated, they can reach out to good sources of information and start self-educating themselves because uh, education is sort of a lifelong effort. Uh, and everybody knows you can't learn everything in school anyway. <laughs> so uh, so uh, that's, that's why we have these additional programs to support the cause and uh, motivate and inspire uh, mm-hmm. uh, young people and old people alike. Yeah, that sounds so, great. Uh, also, I wanted to add that we're shooting for 100 vendors So, again, we're reaching out to the community. The reason why we want so many vendors present is because we want to create 
and promote. We want to understand what's the bud word, buzzword now, understand, overstand, understand, <laughs> um, that we need to promote more black entrepreneurship. So that's why the name of the festival is the Marcus Garvey Day Festival and Black Market Celebration. We want all black vendors to come out. Even if you can't afford to come out, still come out because we were getting money. Um, again, shout out to Reverend Elliot, Charles Elliot of King Solomon Baptist Church. He gave us money. We can offer 10 free booths, but you have to call us and get on the list. So do not let that be a distraction because we know that everybody's struggling due to COVID. And that's why we're starting to plan this festival early. So the black market, what will we do? We will keep tabs on everybody that shows up for the black market. Hopefully all 100 vendors will go into a database and we want to start a website and we're going to call it the black pages. I think we had that before here in Louisville and we kind of lost it, right? Kale, do you remember yeah, we, the, black we did pages? Have the black pages? We sure did. Yeah, and, and we want to get back to that. Um, so we are promoting uh, black entrepreneurship. Please come out and support our vendors. Again, it's the Marcus Garvey Day Festival. Hopefully I'll be able to come on the show again the closer time. It will be August the 14th. August the 14th mm-hmm. from 11 to 5 at the African American Heritage Center. Okay. So that, that'll be exciting in that. And everybody knows where the Kentucky, you're talking about the Kentucky Center for African American Heritage. Right. Down at 18th and Muhammad Ali. Is right. That what you're On the corner. And, and what time will that be again? 11 to 5, all day fun activities and educational event. Okay. Now you can get more information at selfesteeminc.org. We have our vendor app there and we have our donations tab. Everything's done online. Mm-hmm. Or you can mail us a check. To Self Esteem Inc. at 2500 Montgomery Street, Suite 9, Louisville, Kentucky, 40212. So, uh, so tell us, uh, what's it like working with today's young people? It's challenging, extremely challenging. We're competing with social media, and it's sad that we have eight, nine, and ten-year-olds can go to a back, go in a bathroom, and take their clothes off and make a TikTok video, and nobody censors this. It's sad that our young girls, primarily that's the target that I work with, they don't have an interest in higher education because they have Cardi B and, and a lot of the other singers that parade around and twerk and tell them, If they become a stripper, they can be famous. That's totally unacceptable. And we have a problem with the black male population in school because there's not enough black male mentoring doing their job. We know we have a black black male uh, problem with the incarceration rate. And a lot of the children I work with, their parents are neither in jail or they're not working. So it makes it really, really hard to raise a child when you're doing it all by yourself as a single parent. So when you face poverty, you face a lot of the other issues because what I found out as an English teacher, I taught English at Shiny High School for a whole year, is the average black family does not have a dictionary in their home, nor do they have a set of encyclopedias or any books. 
Um, so this is important. I try to send books home with my kids all the time. I try to mentor my, my kids' parents and tell them get a dictionary instead of punishing them that way, make them write every letter, every word, <laughs> everything they could comprehend from a dictionary. It does work. Get your children interested in reading early. So it's very challenging. Um, I got videos of kids shooting craps in the classroom, watching a U of L game, braiding hair. That's where we're at with the education. So it's very, very challenging. Of course, we just lost a year. The children I'm working with are very behind. They don't even have an interest in school right now. So it, it, it made it really hard working with COVID as well. Well, it's uh, it's mainstream society that sort of separated work from wealth. Uh, and so there are people who work very hard who don't have any wealth. And so the young people see this and uh, they're interested in, in wealth. As far as TikTok, I don't do social media at all, <laughs> but I read about it. And there are people who are uh, social media influencers who happen to be on TikTok who are making, earning hundreds of thousands of dollars somehow from being a social media influencer. So you have white kids dropping out of college to do TikTok. That's going to be their career. Wow. And uh, being sponsored, that is entrepreneurs putting kids up in, uh, you know, sort of TikTok houses where they sort of eat, you know, lift weights, work out. And make TikTok videos and go to parties. Yeah. And so, and then there's a whole sort of social world where, uh, you know, and where the the conversation is which TikToker is dating the other TikToker. Right. And so, uh, and there's such a thing as a YouTube influencer where there's a way to earn money from your videos on YouTube. So there are people, you know, basically white kids, but probably some black folks as well who, you know, who are earning money from this. And they're way ahead of me. And it's it's mysterious how they do it. And so uh, but yes. And so there's a there's a whole sort of, you know, uh, uh, D-list celebrity, as uh, one comedian used to refer to it. who was that young lady? I don't. I hate stealing her. Uh, she's a stand-up, a female stand-up com- comedian, but uh, she wrote a whole book called uh, "Her Life on the D List." Uh, but you know, no, there's A List celebrity, right. and then there's D List, and this whole other list from this uh, this, this YouTube and uh, TikTok culture. But uh, uh, so they're called the D List. Well, there's the A List. <laughs> what is the name of that? Uh, that's female stand-up comic. She's still alive. Joan Rivers is dead, but. Uh, who is that? Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin. So she talks about this part Our of her standard, her life as a D-list celebrity. Ain't that something? Because she's not even claiming to be uh, A-list, but uh, she is. Uh, uh, but you know, she has she's been popular. Fe- I mean, she has been a featured player on a TV show, and she has been in a few movies. But she doesn't. You know, she markets herself as a D-list celebrity. But uh, but there's a whole culture around that uh, of you know. People who think that's going to be their life, and uh, you know, you know, uh, you know. Here's the thing about some of our celebrities. I know a lot of black women who frown at Cardi B, and then there are other people, young people, who look at her as an all-American success story. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, from oh, yeah, I think you're so right. You know, Candace Owens had her do the forward for her book. 
Oh wow! Well, wow! Yes. Wow! And so from I'm, I'm you know, sorry, I, that is totally wrong. Tamika Mallory, she part Cardi B did the Ford for her book, oh, and Tamika okay. Mallory said that she's a cross between Angela Davis and Cardi B, and she said she wrote the book this way, people, so that she can reach the young audience. Oh, I need to check that out. And I don't think that's a good way to reach the young audience because how dare you disrespect my mentor, Miss Angela Davis. Cardi B does not hold a candle to Angela Davis. Come on. I see. I see. But... uh and so, but that's a, that's a ploy yeah. to sell books. Yeah, but here's the it's the American dream to go from nowhere to, to somewhere. somewhere. That is what America is all about, and that's what the kids are looking at. And so, I hate to say it, but uh, uh, you know, in a, a lot of young people think that either you hoop, you you play, you know, some kind of sport. You rhyme or you do crime. Yep. That's and, it. And, uh, uh, and uh, they're thinking that way because that's what they see. I mean, they see somebody they can relate to who made it. Uh, so, uh, 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 and so what are we to do? I mean, uh, it, I will say it takes a lot. Uh, more hard work to make yourself into a good athlete than say uh, some other things Mm -hmm. but if you see a world where a TikToker and a YouTuber are hanging out at the same party in Hollywood you think how can I get there? Right. (laughs) So enticing. (laughs) How can I get there? And so I know people in Louisville who till who still tell stories about when they were young and they were at a party with so and so. That's their, you know, they they work in regular jobs now, but the high point of their lives is back when they was young and, was and they went to famous. the big city and they got to hang out at the party with somebody famous. Yes, that's the story that they tell. And, uh, I mean, they work their jobs, and but uh, but the problem is, once upon a time, a person could work one job, uh, get raises over time, work at the same place for thirty years, and you earned enough money with unionized, you know, work that you could become a homeowner, send your kids to college. Have a nice retirement with a defined benefit pension. If you lived in the right neighborhood, your house would increase in value after right. over 30, 30 years. And then you would have some money down to help your grandkids and your aging parents. That's right. So, uh, I mean, I tell the story of one of my next door neighbors went into the Army in World War II, got out, went to Tuskegee on the GI Bill. Went back in the Army, got a battlefield commission in Korea, got out in Vietnam. He had his Army pension after 20 years, mm-hmm. right? Pension wow. one. Then went out to the Ford plant, became one of the first black supervisors out there. Wow. Worked there for 20 years, retired, got a pension. Had Ford stock. He told me, he's black now, that he lived like a retired general. Wow. And so, but those guys 
he's dead now, but I'll listen to those guys talk. Uh, and they said that the world, they thought they was catching hell, but really it was the best time for a man to get up off his back and make something because the world was set up where you could work at the same place for 20 or 30 years, get gradual increases, have a defined benefit pension when it was over. And then, of course, I'll, I'll tell you what the dude told me. He said he had his army pension, he had his, his forward pension, and he had Social Security, too. He had wow. three checks coming in plus forward stock. Mm. So He did it right. But that was the world that was there. Yeah. And that's how, you know, when Dr. King talked about uh, uh, civil rights, it was economic opportunity as well. So, but uh, Miss Miss LeGlenda, we're coming to the end of our show. Thank you so much. You're always great. Thank you. Folks, you've been listening to On the Edge with K.A. Owen on 106.5 FM, Forward Radio. And we will be back next week.